Reading tonight from Exodus, chapter 3, we will read verses 1 through 6. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when God saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw nigh, not nigh hither, but put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. We'll move over to chapter, or to verse 10 and 11. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? What an encounter. God does that, though. They're not all on this level. But we thank God for his encounters. And he does them because he loves us. This was an encounter, even though we've read about Moses up to this point prior, this was an encounter that we do not read that he ever had until this time. He'd never had one like this. Yes, prior is quite a story about Moses, how he was raised in, he was spared, raised in the very palace of, of King Pharaoh by his daughter, and Pharaoh or Moses knew the facts. He knew, he saw, and he heard the children of Israel in their bondage, of which he was one. But he uh, was not in their situation as far as living. He heard all the facts. He knew all the facts. And he tried. He might have Moses in a position that he was in, of all things, a Hebrew living in the palace of the king, could have easily felt pressure, heard pressure. Moses, do something. Who knows what kind of uh, uh, pressure he had or felt he should do. He tried. Moses tried to do something. And so nothing to the fault of uh, Moses, but that was a long time ago. That was now 40 years ago. This is 40 years later. He was long gone out of Egypt. Things didn't go so good as he tried. And so he fled for his life. So whatever his efforts were all about. And by now, he was 40 years long gone from Egypt. In Midian, had his own wife and children. Who knows what his emotions were at this time? I don't know what yours would have been. I don't know what mine would have been. 
And then you hear these words, we read them, who am I? Perhaps we could think, well, about that time, if someone says, who am I? That might have been reasonable to be despair. Reasonable to have been a broken spirit. But that wasn't what his who am I was all about. He was with God. God does not break our spirits. God lifts us up. God will help us with our will. The enemy wants to break your spirit. The enemy wants to ruin our life. But God lifts us up. God cheers us up. God gives us hope. God leads us. God wants good for us. So that's the stage here, though Moses had a lot to learn uh, yet ahead in all of this. This was a normal day for Moses. He was out there, the sheep, doing what he normally did out there. And then something from God caught his attention. Unusual. Caught his attention. And so it made him stop from all of his normal activities. It made him focus. Now all this day was not normal anymore. He stopped. His attention's on the bush. Then the Lord called Moses. He had stopped. God had his attention. God does that too, doesn't he? And he, he uh, in fact, we all need that from the Lord. God in his love and mercy has ways of getting our attention, stopping our normal day, somehow getting our focus. Thank God for that. We all need that. Moses needed that, regardless of where he's been, what he'd been through. And so then he, uh, at that time when he was, uh, the Lord had his attention, then he called him and they conversed. Moses was overwhelmed. God was in his rightful place before Moses. What a scene. And you know, as we place God in his rightful place, God places us in our rightful place. It just happens that way. It's amazing how it does, but it happens that way. Moses now saw God in a way he'd never seen him before. At God's orchestration for Moses' own good and for all the people of, of Israel. And so, it's amazing how that works. We place God in His rightful place. And it automatically happens. It places us in our rightful place before God. And then things can happen. That's what happened with Moses. Who am I? All the amazement of God. A burning bush. An angel calls that. God calls Moses. And He goes, who am I? But this is how it happens. Psalm 139 1 through 6, I'm going to read that. Words of David. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my mouth, but, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid Thine hand upon me. 
Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy presence, thy spirit? And it goes on like that. And this, this is at the very heart of David's spiritual success. He placed God in a way that he portrays to us in many of his words of his, of his scriptures, of his psalms. And this is a great one to show us exactly. This is where David was when God was in his side, his place. David was in his rightful place. And God could use him. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. In the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with, with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. There's God in his rightful place. We don't always get to see just like this, but every time we can, and we do the effort, we place and purpose to put God where he belongs, it automatically comes to us and has, has its way with us as well. Look what happened now, 5 through 8. Then I said, woe is me, a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, and, f and then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I hear the voice, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. What a difference when we place God in His place. What a difference, and it, it's, it's amazing how it just automatically works that way. It's important to put God where He belongs. In book of Numbers, we read where, 12th chapter, I believe, where Moses was considered, called the meekest man on earth. Meek is nothing like weak. It's choosing where to place and do with whatever strength you do have. It's, it's spiritually, it's, would be, it's completely being impressed with who God is rather than impressed with who we are. Completely, Moses was completely impressed with who God was. It was all about God. And the more it was about God, the less he was impressed at all with himself. In fact, it goes the other way. God, not, not beating us down. We come, God puts us in a level so he can lift us up to realize what is what, who God is, where He is, what He will do for us, how much He loves us. And then we realize, whoa, I need the Lord. And oh, what the Lord does from then on. And we find there's no limits, especially with Moses. Moses, we find, as we follow his life, was always impressed with who God was. 
We never find him saying, well, Lord, what about me? What do you want me to do? God used him incredibly. We know that, read the story. But Moses was always focused on who God was. He was impressed of everything that had to do with God Himself. And what a difference it made with who Moses was. What a difference it made with what God could do with Moses. He was always impressed with, with who he was. Even he was, Moses wasn't even impressed with his own mouth. He wasn't even impressed with his own speech. God said, I want to do this. And Moses said, I'm not impressed with myself. He was willing. So God gave him Aaron. His brother, he'll be your mouth. He speaks well as far as your standard. Our standards and God's standards are totally different. And so, uh, but Moses, we see his impression was not him, not anyone else. It was always God. His imp- he was impressed with God and who he was. Moses, Aaron was his mouthpiece, but even then, we'll find if we read the story, Aaron did, never did come to the level of being impressed and realizing who God was to the extent that Moses did. We find, we find that in, in, in what happened when Moses came down with the tables of, of stone of the Ten Commandments. They had strayed while Moses was gone up on the mountain. Aaron was their leader. So this tells us, this shows us the depth even there of who God is. The depth of being impressed with who God is. Whatever our impression of God doesn't affect God at all. God is God. But it'll have everything to do with who we are and all those around us. It automatically just, it just goes that way. Place God where He belongs. And then we automatically follow suit with where it just places us and we say, Lord, as we read, as we read, Lord, who am I? Isaiah said, Lord, help me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Help me. And God helped him. Let the coal from off the altar touch his lips. I sin is purged. Now who will go? Oh, Lord, I guess I will. See how that just automatically happens? Isaiah didn't do that. Each one, uh, as they took the time, Isaiah had to take the time to be in the right place at the right time. It's good to be in God's house. Very good to be in God's house. Very good to pray. We heard a song being sung on the, on the, on the radio as we were coming to church that I will pray. And it was, I never heard that song before. But what a great thing to do. What a great thing to be in the right place. But as we place God in His rightful place, it will impact who we are and what we are before God in a tremendous way. We don't have to worry about ourselves. Put God where He belongs. And it's amazing what happens from there. It's just incredible how that will happen. So, uh, Moses was being so always so impressed as read this. Uh, and uh, so he's... Uh, when he had to go back up on the mountain and God had to give him some new tables of Ten Commandments. And as we're up there, he's up there, just said, Lord, give me the, the, the commandments all ripped back down off the mountain. He said, Lord, we find, he said, Moses was talking to God face to face. Just conversing with God face to face. As a friend 
to a friend. What a great time they were having up there on the mountain of God. He wasn't just getting what the, the, the items, uh, Lord, give them to me so I can go down and be your man. Just, he was impressed with God. He was just impressed all the time who God was. He wasn't anxious to leave the presence of God. He was just more and more, he just, he just couldn't get enough. Being impressed with God. To where he finally even said, it was time to go. He had the tablets apparently. And he said, Lord, show me your glory. See where, see where Moses was? He was always just, I want to place God where he belongs. And it thrills his soul. It thrills us to place God where he belongs. And it's amazing how God automatically meets us as we purpose to place God where He belongs. When we get down to pray, maybe not, not sure what to pray, how to pray, place God where He belongs. Just try your hardest. Place Him where He belongs. It can be overwhelming like it was these men of God. And he, so he, the Lord said, well, you can't see me, my face, and live being a mortal man. So incredible story. He said, hit him in a cleft of the rock and went past. He said, you can see my hinder parts. When Moses came down from that mountain, yes, he had the new stones. But he did not realize that his face shone. His face shone to where people said, Moses, your face is shining so bright. It is? He didn't know. See what the impact it makes just when we place God where He belongs. What, how it will affect us. We can struggle with ourself. Place God where He belongs. Moses came down and they said, you're going to have to put a veil over your face because it's distracting. You're hard to look at. You're just bright. You've been with God. Moses' impression, being so impressed with God, is, is impressing. It, it is impressing. And he even told the Lord, he said, this is what to do, Moses, and lead them. And Moses said, Lord, cannot go unless I know you're going with us. Can't do it. You've got to come. See where he was? Not about me at all. Lord, be there. Then it'll be all right. Well, the, the who I am, I can't help believe as we, we read this, the passage we opened up with where he said, who am I? Oh, the, the, the assignment would have been absolutely, I can't go do that. But he, being God, God being placed before him like he'd never experienced in his life would have made such a difference of how it properly placed Moses' own, own standing and where he uh, saw himself. Looking back on his own self, he could easily say, in that mindset of, who am I? Looking back, say, Lord, who am I? That when all these these male babies were being slain because Egypt became so afraid that they were getting too many and too mighty of many people that they could at any time uh, side in with our enemies and they can overthrow us. So we're going to slay a lot of the, the, the male babes. And his mother, his parents saw he was a goodly child and they hid him for three months. Put him in and made a little ark there and put him afloat and Moses can look back and say who am I that you spared me we can do that Lord who am I that you ever sought me out who am I that you ever called me who am I that 
uh, that I could ever have the blessings that, that I've been able to enjoy. What was he going to say? Who am I that I, I was found by, of all things, the daughter of the king? Of all people, who am I? I was raised in a palace. In fact, who am I that you took care of me these 40 years? And of all things, who am I that I'm standing in a place like this that God Himself orchestrated and I'm looking at a burning brush, bush not being consumed and God's talking to my heart and who am I? There's no one else around. It's just me and the Lord. Who am I? Well, we can, we can all get on board there, can't we? It's a good thing to stop and say, Lord, who am I? Who am I that maybe in my ignorance somehow I've gotten light of the Gospel? Somehow you found something and, and that I followed you and was able to pray. Who am I? Who am I that I was raised in a Christian home in the lap of the Gospel? Who am I of all people? When I was young, I used to wonder and as a rebellious teenager and turned into becoming a teenager and a young teenager and all, I, I struggled with that and think, well, I thought it the other way. Who am I that I had to be in a home like this? Well, I first turned that around in a hurry when I, when I began to pray and thanking the Lord. Lord, I could have missed it entirely. Of all the world out there, who am I? That God would ever reach us the way that He reaches us. It's a good thing to say, who am I? Of all my circumstances, some people in our congregation have come through situations of communism. Had to get through there, come over to this country. Who am I? That I could be sit in heavenly places. Who am I that God would ever take the time and somehow stop me in my own personal story? That I found God. He helped me to pray. Gave me the faith. I can be sit together with God's people in heavenly places. Who am I? Well, that comes from properly placing the Lord where He belongs. And you find all of God's people and leaders ahead through the ages are of the, the same stripe of really, who am I in amazement? If you look to in, in 1 John 3, 1 through 3, John writes, you feel his awness and his amazement when he's in the first three verses. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth not us because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purify himself, even as he is pure. What an awesome gospel. It behooves us to just properly say, Lord, help me to put you in your right place. Lord, I don't want a shallower level of that. I don't want a lesser level of that. Give me more of what Moses had. Total impression all the time, impressed of who God was. What He was all about. And it automatically took, happened for him. It's amazing how it, it, it does that. In a time when, when uh, it's shocking, you look around, at a time even when we read of Christ's teaching. And He's talking about the straight and the narrow way and all the, the gospel of the stories and the parables and someone said, Lord, are there few that be saved? That's quite a question. Are, are there few? Because they would look around and these people come and go. Are there few? 
Well, there doesn't have to be the whosoever will. But that comes to us. And if we have light of the Gospel, God's done things for us, thank God for His salvation, behooves us to say, Lord, who am I of all people? And thank God for it. Thank God for that. Are there few that be saved? Well, that's up to us. As we the sower in the seed and the Lord then talked about the straight and the narrow way. Who am I? Well, it's there. But oh, thank God. We have every reason to just thank God. Especially in these last days. We're in a very blurred world. Very blurred world. But there's no reason to be confused. It's simple. God's missing from the picture. God is the focus mechanism for the world. And if you take the focus mechanism out of the world, you have nothing but a blurred obscurity. Everything will become more and more of that. It's an easy solution. Put God in His place and everything will become crystal clear. Wouldn't that be great if the world did that? But meanwhile, if we can do that, thank God we can say, Lord, I want you exactly where you belong and help me to do it better. I want to be more and more like Moses. I want to be more and more impressed with who you are. And that will take us through. And that will give us everything we need. What a, what a glorious way. In the time when people are confused, thank God, who am I that I'm not confused? I'm not confused. It's crystal clear. It's more crystal than ever. The, the more people get obscured and right is wrong and things are upside down, it's, thank God is clear to me. It's clear in my soul. Because God is where He belongs. Thank God we can say, Who am I? You know, when we say that, and we feel that way, then the great I am can bless us. Moses went, he said, he was so bewildered on it, of it being up to him because it was about God. Truly was the meekest man on the earth. And said, Lord, not about me. What am I going to say? Who is, who's saying this? Who's sending? Moses, say, I am sent you. I am is the one that said this. I am everything. What a wonderful gospel. We have every reason. Yes, in these dark, these seemingly dark world, but the Lord's coming. The Lord can come any second. This is all part of who God is. He's in control and we thank God we have Him where He belongs. God help us to do that even more so. God will bless us. The great I am can bless us even though we're saying, Lord, who am I? That you would look upon me in such love and mercy. Thank God for his salvation. Thank God for his goodness and his blessings and his readiness to take care of us. He'll guide us and direct us and he'll show himself strong on our behalf. We'll stand and sing Song 271. You're invited to pray.